and welcome to Dance Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Cody. Today is October 6th, 2020, and my guest is Katherine Edwards. Katherine is a certified ballroom dance instructor and choreographer. Her company is Wedding Dance Houston, which is a program of Dance Houston. Katherine, welcome to Dance Talks. Thank you for having me. Thanks for talking with me today. Yeah. So let's catch everybody up on your story, like how you got started dancing. Okay. Um... Well, I started dancing when I was little. Mm -hmm. uh, I started with tumbling class and then some ballet and tap. And I enjoyed the tap. I enjoyed jazz. Uh, ballet was difficult. I was very tall, very lanky. Oh, yeah. So it was, everybody else was very small, very petite. So I enjoyed the movements, but it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. The tap was a lot of fun. So I ended up joining up with a choir, and I did show choir. So that gave me um, an insight into choreography. We had to choreograph some different dance pieces to try out with a dance partner. Um, and so we did a lot of partner dancing with lifts and all sorts of stuff. Oh, fun. So then I really enjoyed that more so than ballet. So I put a lot of focus into that. We did a couple of different Broadway productions and other kind of productions and I did that through high school. Okay. Um, and then after that, it was a long break. So I didn't really do any dance until uh, after college. And then when I was in Florida is where I found a studio that was offering training for ballroom dancing. So I started that back in about 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. And then kind of just did that all the way through. And that's where I got certified. And competitive dancing and ballroom and I had students that competed and did that all the way up until about 2013 and then took a break up until 2015 and then that's where I started working with Wedding Dance Houston. Okay cool. Yeah. And your certification was in DeVita? DeVita. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. What's that training like? It's very rigorous. Yeah. So it's a lot of you had to learn what the girl did and what the guy did. Um, and you had to know exactly how far the foot was turning. Like it's 45 degrees to the left. My right foot's going to step 45 degrees to the right. Left foot comes to right foot and close. So you had to, while you were dancing each step, the judges had to announce out loud what your feet were doing and what your body was doing at the same time. So my right, my right side is leading. And then my right side is turning as my right foot turns out 45. So we had to do that for several dances. And then at the end of it, it's it's about an eight or eight or so hour test mm -hmm. that you do. Um, and then at the end of it, if you've completed it and done well, then you pass and you get a certification mm -hmm. that's nationally recognized or, or worldwide too. Yeah. Yeah. Is the training all really just about the movement and the connection, or do you guys go into like the history or anything, any other aspects of the dance? I think we did a little history, um, but not a whole lot. It's it's mostly about the lead and the follow, and knowing exactly what the footwork and the body is doing mm -hmm. to really give you that. I really know how to teach this step, not just I can dance it. So there's a difference between you can just dance it and being able to actually know exactly what the body is doing to yeah. cause that movement to happen. Mm -hmm. So ballroom dancing is so different from like the roots of each dance, you mm -hmm. know, where they come from. How do you think it 
developed or like when and why did it take on its like characteristics? Do you think it's just through the through the competition and performance element that that the dances became so like you know canonized where everybody's doing it the same way and it almost like like turning it into like a sport with rules where there can be a winner. Yeah, um, of course, I'm several years removed from right. being Me too. in some ballroom <laughs> yeah. training, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think, um, you know, I know for sure, like, you know, tango is from Spain and... Argentina. Argentina, they do a lot in Spain too, so... Um, as far as a lot of the moves go, a lot of the specific moves that go into tango have been added oh, yeah. and specifically by certain, you know, people or named, you know, um, the Viennese waltz of course has been done for a long time in Vienna yeah. and in Germany in that area. Right. Um, I think a lot of like Fred Astaire, when that kind of came around, when he started out and stuff, I think that's kind of around when things started to get named and done and everybody was like, Ooh, I want to do this, you know, and it was very popular to go out and have that kind of formal dancing. And so I'm sure it's some from what used to be done, you know, people just remembering certain moves and then actually writing them down on paper. Like, Oh, I remember my grandma taught me this move. And, but I think some of it else, you know, some of the other stuff was just making up moves that fit the timing and was something that could be taught in, in succession. Like you learned this basic move in Viennese waltz, and then now we're going to learn this turn and then this, and then that way you kind of had, you know, steps one through 10 in a dance. That was something that you could teach across the board and then be able to use in competition. So then when people went out to compete in it, you actually had a judging system to go on. Mm -hmm. What was competing like for you? <laughs> it's a whole different world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's super early mornings. Uh -huh. um, not <laughs> a lot of sleep. Yeah. Which is so perfect for me <laughs> that I love mornings, which I don't. Right. Um, I think. I think one of the times I had to be up at five or four thirty to start doing hair because you had to be breakfast. Eight by like six thirty seven, and then between like seven thirty and eight thirty or so, you were like on the floor practicing, and by like eight or eight thirty, you were competing. So you better have all your coffee wow. and your Red Bull in by eight a.m. <laughs> and dressed, hair and makeup done. So you had to come downstairs with your full outfit on, you know, maybe a jacket so you didn't get breakfast on you. But we'd all be sitting around a table, you know, dying. And our coffee and our, you know, cereal because everybody was so tired. And then you dance from about 8 till about noon. Uh -huh. And then they take a lunch break for an hour. And uh, then after that, you dance from about noon till about 5 or so, 4.35. Um, and usually competitions are anywhere from a short day. It's just one whole day from like 8 to 6. Um, but most of them are two or three days long. So then you do that every single day for about three days. And then in the evenings, they always have big fancy parties. So then after you dance, you have to go back upstairs, <laughs> get all the hairspray out of your hair 
and or or keep it if you wanted to um and then change clothes into some kind of a nice formal attire where they would do like a five course meal at this you know like really nice banquet tables and stuff and then they would have open dancing and stuff afterwards or just go to the bar and you know drink till midnight get up at five the next morning and do it again it's like a dance marathon it was a dance marathon oh my goodness yeah so did you go as a competitor or as like a pro-am, you know, or with your clients, with your students? You I know? did mostly with the students. Mm-hmm. Cool. I had one competitive student. I had a few that did local ones, which means that we didn't really travel, you know, outside of just the city. But I had one that was, he did go a couple of places, even, you know, other spots in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um and so he and I did a lot. I think we we would do about anywhere from 200 to 300 entries mm-hmm. for a competition, which is a lot of dancing. Mm-hmm. And you have to um, you have to keep track of when you're supposed to go up too. So you have a book that has all the heats in it, and you have to go through and highlight all of them and make sure you're on the floor because if you don't dance for one, then you know there's no going back. Right. So you would have to kind of balance out. They don't tell you, oh, Catherine's on the floor and so-and-so's on the floor. You have to go look at the book and know, I'm on the floor for the next four songs mm-hmm. and just stay on the floor. And, you know, then know when to come off the floor and stuff. So there's a whole lot, you know, not getting a lot of sleep, over-caffeinated, having to regulate <laughs> your own schedule. You're dancing a salsa. The next one's a mambo. You might start out salsa and then you go... Oh, the timing's different. <laughs> Let's change this. So it was, but it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, congratulations on your retirement from the <laughs> yeah. competition circuit. <laughs> it's also very expensive, I'll say. Right. So the girls How are. How much do people spend? Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of dresses that are, one is $800, one is mm-hmm. like 2000 Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of other ballroom dancers who actually were very nice to me and gave me their outfits. So Mm -hmm. I got very high end outfits. A lot of people would go to thrift stores and buy old prom dresses and use those Yeah, because on average, a very nice, well to do like ballroom gown for a waltz or something that fit the criteria of what you're supposed to wear. Because you can't have, like, strapless. You can't have, you know, certain things. If you have mm-hmm. tattoos, they need to be covered. Mm-hmm. Um, it was anywhere from 800 to $5,000 for a dress. So if you think you've got to have, you know, you might want to have one for one day. And you might want a different one the next day. Uh, then you have Latin and swing outfit. So that was a whole different style of outfit with also its same... You know, you had to have a certain color tights to wear that were like skin color. You couldn't have bare legs. Uh, you couldn't wear fishnets. Um, and then the skirt has to be a certain length. It has to be, you know, appropriate. You can't walk out there in like a bikini with a little hula skirt on. You know, you had to, it, it almost looks like a figure skater outfit, mm-hmm. except a little bit longer in the skirt, but it has like this, you know, sleeves and stuff. And right. uh, then you want something that's catchy. So you don't want to walk out in the most boring dress because you want the judges to see you. So lots of sparkles, lots of glitter, glitter on the face, you know. Um, I can't tell you how many times I got glitter in my eyes while I was dancing from sweat, you know. Yeah. So it's, you know, very extensive. Then you have to be spray tanned. So everybody gets spray tanned. 
uh, girls who have short hair, you want to get extensions done to have longer hair so you can pull it up and have like all this hair that moves. Um, certain hairstyles have to be done for Latin. Certain hairstyles have to be done for ballroom. So you would have your hair done one way one day and then the next day or later on that day have to go change it all up and pull it up into a real nice updo for your ballroom. So then you have a lot of uh, makeup and hairstylists that are always at competitions that cost a lot of money. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have learned through all my years of choir and dance and performance and how to do my hair and makeup for shows. Um, so I never had a problem doing my own stuff and had a lot of people that asked me to do it for them to save them the extra $200, $300 for the hairstylist. Um, but it gets extensive. So you end up spending, you know, just to get the look going for the competition, you know, $500, you know, 800 just depending on what you know how to do versus somebody else, have your nails done. Um, if you win a competition, you win money. But most of the time, you would maybe break even with what you spent to go into it, if not lose, you know, money. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's one of those, like, you do it because you love it. Yeah. Not because you're, you know, <laughs> you're trying to walk away with a million dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So what brought you back to Houston? So after being in Florida for a while, um, I remember, I guess that was about... Four, four or five years in Florida. Um, at the time I was married, and so we ended up coming over back to Houston um, where his family was at the time. Um, <clears throat> it was right around the time, too, when a lot of stuff in the economy was, uh, we had kind of gone through a small recession back in about 08, 09. Mm -hmm. So it, Florida got hit kind of hard. It was hard to find work and keep working. The pay was not really that great. It was definitely struggling. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a good time to try to come back to Houston, you know, with my family, my friends and stuff over there. So uh, that's what kind of led to the decision to go ahead and come back to Houston. Um, though I still, still miss Florida, still miss mm -hmm. the beaches and... And everything over there. Um, that's and then kind you of, have a trip coming up. And then I have a trip coming yeah, up. Yeah, where are you going? Then I'm going back to Florida, uh -huh. like I do. What's the town? I looked it up. To St. Augustine. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, just for fun. St. <laughs> Augustine is uh, the oldest city in the United States uh, that was built by the Spanish. I can't remember the year, but it's uh, very early on. They established a fort in... Um, kind of a camp set up there for themselves back when the Spanish ruled kind of a lot of the states down in the south. And um, it's just, it's kept kind of the same feel since then. They never really changed it. They kept the downtown area um, with the very old-timey structure buildings, the Spanish roofs, uh, just very, very quaint, very cute. It's a whole lot of fun to go to, especially if you enjoy history, lots of historic kind of tours and walks about that time. You know, very different from colonial America and the feel there. This is a lot more Spanish um, history and stuff going on. So really interesting to see what was going on down in this, you know, in Florida at the time when everybody was just colonizing up in America 
you know, as we know it now. Um, and the beaches there are just spectacular, just really, really pretty. And, uh, it's, I tell everybody, if you're going to Florida, if you're not doing Disney and you want a great place to stay, stay there because the food is fantastic. The people are great. Lots of fun music and, um, stuff to see and do that keeps everybody entertained without being super expensive. It looks really cute. It is. It and is. It, I, you told me they have the Fountain of Youth. They have the preserve. Fountain of Youth there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Which is just a little tiny trickle of water out coming out of the ground. So it's not quite as spectacular as you would imagine. <laughs> but uh, it, it's the, that's where they feel like that it was at by the description that the Spanish said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have a whole little, you know, exhibit. So that way they can charge people a lot of money to look at a trickle of water in the ground and drink yeah. from it. Yeah. <laughs> Might be worth it. If you've never been, it's worth it. Yeah. If you've been, don't do it again. Gotcha. Well, you only need one drink. One you only sip, need right? one drink. You only need one. Cool. So I did take one. So we'll see. You know, ask me in 20 years hey, if I'm still. looking good. Okay, good. Good. So it's working. <laughs> Catherine's actually 65, so it's pretty impressive. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I'm a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, thank you for cluing us in on St. Yeah. Augustine, right? That sounds mm-hmm. really fun. Um, I hope you have an awesome trip. Oh, thank you. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I haven't gotten away all year. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, well, let's um, t- tell us kind of, give us an overview of your second career with really focusing on wedding dance. So... Um, I guess I can go with how I kind of just started, fell into it. Um, teaching in a ballroom studio was a lot of fun. It was, a, I, I think, a great learning experience, you know, starting out. Um, but like I said, back in high school, I had to do a lot of choreography. Um, learning choreography, teaching it, and creating my own dances, which I kind of enjoy the more creative aspect of getting to do that. And I did that some at the studio. But a lot of times you have regulations you kind of have to follow um, with the studio itself and how they want things to be taught. So you can't just like, well, I'm going to throw this thing together and it's not really ballroom. It's just kind of whatever I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, in a way it would reflect on that studio. And if somebody in the town who worked in another studio saw somebody dancing, they're like, oh, where are you dancing? You know, And they say, oh, well, I take from blah, blah, blah. You know, then they're like, well, that's not really ballroom. Like, what are they doing? So I could see why it wouldn't work. Um, but when I came back to Houston, I, you know, I was just working at restaurants and stuff. And that's not my forte at all. So um, that's when I started Googling just, you know, dance studios or whatever and fell upon Wedding Dance Houston. And the I really had never heard of anything special specifically for wedding dance but that was always a really fun thing to do when I was in the ballroom studio because they have such an excitement it's a couple that's just starting out in life together they haven't quite hit that like 10 years where they're like get away from me so they're still really excited in love happy um and getting to create something that kind of is like their big first step out as husband and wife, like a big look what we can do type thing was really fun. So finding a company that was working just in that area was like right down my alley. And that's when you and I started working together on it. And so that's been something that's just been 
I think just so much fun to do. And I maybe only had a handful of people, like two or three, where it was really difficult or trying to work with. But most, um, it, it's just you get to meet new people, learn new people. If I go to their home, you see new homes. You get mm-hmm. to see different areas of Houston, uh, learn what they do for a living, make connections. You never know who knows who. Um, and then sometimes, you know, get invited to weddings and get to be like kind of a part of their life or a part of their um, their whole wedding thing and getting to be told things like you were our favorite vendor to work with or you were the best part of getting married like that's really fun to help kind of know that in a way even though you are a vendor and you're selling a service um it's a fun service so they're actually getting to do something that's much more fun than picking out a cake or trying on wedding shoes or something like that where it's not very personal um you get to learn something that you can do with your spouse, you know, later on in life. So it's like you're doing it for your wedding, but you're, you now know how to dance with your spouse anytime, anywhere you go somewhere, do something. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the trouble clients. (laughs) Maybe. Um, tell me about your, you know, the highlight, like what, what was your best experience? Ooh, I've had, I have had a few really great experiences Um, I will say my first couple that I taught, one of my first ones that I booked, um, fabulous couple, uh, we still keep in touch and, um, they, they took several lessons, but I got invited to the wedding. So that was maybe like my first or second couple I ever taught through Wedding Dance Houston. Um, they love the lessons so much. They invited me to the wedding and it was just such a cool experience. It was a... A traditional Indian wedding so it was just it was kind of he was you know American and so they kind of mixed both in like they had a stringed orchestra that played Guns N' Roses you know music it was just really cool but then everything the whole ceremony was traditional Indian um, the food was fantastic it was at an old library downtown and then they had all these dancers. It was just, it was really neat. And I got to be put at a table, meet their friends, you know, everybody kind of learned who I was and what I did. So when the dance came on, just getting to sit there and see everybody's expressions, you know, being my second couple I ever taught um, through wedding dance, it was just really fun to look around the room and just see everybody like really ecstatic about all the dance moves that I had worked so hard on to put together. And it was just a really cool feeling. And of course, at the end of the dance, everybody turns around and they're just like, wow, you put that together. That's amazing. Um, and, and it really, the couple just loved it. They were like, it fit our wedding so well. Like, and it was really rewarding to me because I had no idea how my dances looked. You know, I had had a few like, one or two lessons here and there, but not a, you know, several lessons, like a real choreographed piece. And so it was really neat to be like, okay, I, I can do this. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's not just in your head. Not just in my head. Right. In my head, it always looks great. (laughs) Don't always know how it comes out. Um, but I would say my other favorite was when I taught a couple, I guess, Start. I want to say we either started, we started not last year, it was the year before in the fall. And they came to me 
about their wedding. They were getting married in Greece, and they wanted to do something real choreographed. Neither really had dance experience, which is common. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to that later, but a lot of people do. You know, well, we don't have dance experience. Can we still do this? Well, yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. isn't choreography for people with experience. You know, it's for everybody. <laughs> So neither had dance experience, and um, they had a really cool song, um, and so I just kind of asked them, I said, are you kind of open to, like, whatever I throw together? And they were like, yeah, we don't care, whatever. So listening to the song, knowing the ambiance of being in such an amazing country like Greece, um, <clears throat> I really wanted to throw together something really spectacular that was just really breathtaking. Um so we started working through the lessons and it came up that I also play piano and they apparently had been searching for a pianist for their wedding as well. So then they kind of brought up the idea of me coming to Greece with them as the piano player and, you know, um, of course, I said yes, because that would be stupid to say no. <laughs> so I ended up going out there, but it gave us the opportunity also because one of their biggest fears was where to position themselves at this venue. It was a very different kind of venue. It was outside um, on one of the islands outside of Greece. So they have a lot of wind. There's not trees on the island. Um, so nothing breaks the wind that comes in. So one of the things was, is are we going to be able to do all this stuff? And what if we get there and we can't do some of the lifts or some of the moves because the wind is too strong and then we have to change something. And like, if you're there, then you can help us change it and make sure it looks okay. So it was kind of a win-win because I would be there. Something did go, you know, catastrophically wrong uh, while practicing and getting to be a part and play piano there which worked out um very nicely for the wedding and the setting it was just very fitting for it um so I did I got to go to Greece last year and stayed a a little while longer it's like a whole week and a half for myself which was just a blast um and getting to do that so that was really fun and they really just kind of made me a part of their friends group and so the whole time walking around the island, I'd run into people in their wedding party and they were like, oh, there's the piano player. There's the dance choreographer. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then getting to experience just a whole different part of the world too was, you know, super, super, super cool. Totally. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that dance. I've seen it. It's over the top sensational. Can you tell us like how you put it together? That was one of those, a lot of times I try to plan out dances. I do. I try to uh, try it out at home, do the moves with the music. But this one, I kind of would just play it in the car on the way to lessons and just kind of see it in my head. Once I kind of see the first lesson and see the ability or how the couple moves together, it really kind of helps me feel confident in that what I can see in my head can be put you know, out on the floor to, you know, for them to dance. So I, um, I really just kind of let my imagination go. And so I would just, on the way to the lessons, I'd kind of just sit there in my head and kind of 
mm-hmm. hear it in the music and kind of see it and hit, you know, replay and start it over and kind of see it all the way through and go, okay, you know, I think that works. I think that works. A couple of times at the studio, I'd have to kind of run it through over in the corner and be like, okay, yeah, that definitely works, you know, mm-hmm. and then feet. show them. And they just, it was just, we had about four or five different lifts in there. We had the the plunging death drop in there, you uh-huh. know, at this one part of the music where the music just kind of does a drop because it had a little bit of that electronic dance feel to it. So it was just very fitting with the song, something very extreme. And then when you have it in the setting of Grease, I still go back and watch the video because, of course, I made sure I recorded it as well. But um, just to go back and see it and see it in the setting and stuff with the wind blowing and it was just it fit so well and I was just everybody loved it like nobody knew they were going to do anything choreographed so the moment they started the first move all their friends several cocktails in of course but they were you know and you know all that stuff they were super super into it and so that was really really fun awesome to see it congrats yeah thanks it was amazing I'll try to put a link to it in the show notes so people can check it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I still use it a lot to uh, show examples because of all the lifts we did. So when somebody says, oh, I want to do a lift, what lifts do you know? I'm like, here's one. There's five. So you go in and pick which one you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I even still use it for examples for couples. I think it, Oh yeah. I think it displays, we did so many different kinds of styles of dance in one. Right. There was a little bit of waltz. There was a little bit of a rumba box. There was some, you know, choreographed turns in there. So it kind of just had a little bit of all sorts of stuff thrown in. So I think it gave people an idea of how I can make a dance slow or speed it up or add in specific turns to the musicality of the song to fit the music or the words or the lyrics of the music too. Mm-hmm. So you're, you really draw on your musical experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that your main source of inspiration, do you think? Would you choreograph a dance? You mean kind of following the the beat of the music or the feel of the song or a lot of a lot of times, yes, if there's something that is, you know, somebody comes with like a Frank Sinatra song, that typically falls more in the ballroom style. So you want something with a little more structure. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw in a little bit of choreographed turns in there just to add a little more modern to it but I always tell them that kind of music with that kind of dance is timeless you know it's one of those people don't do anymore so if you actually know how to dance a waltz or a foxtrot that in and of itself is really cool and admirable so if they're very set on that kind of style then that's kind of the way we go so I don't I don't go as creative with that because I don't think you know flips and dips and stuff in the middle of fly me to the moon is gonna fit it doesn't fit as well um but for me a lot of the time if they come with a real unique piece of music then I definitely kind of want to um really really let my mind go to work on that and give them something really unique because it's a different kind of song different feel and I like to listen to the words a lot and see kind of what the song is trying to portray because that tells me a lot about the couple too if they're you know into this kind of music I had a couple that did an an EDM song so very electronic dance techno you know um, type thing and they were like hey this is what we like can you 
do this or do we need to change to something more traditional? You know, and I said, no, 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 no. We'll make this work. And we did. We actually put a waltz to it, which they were kind of like, how did you hear waltz in this? The girl was a dancer and she's like, I don't hear it, but I trust you. You know, so we did, but it fit so well. And then we threw in a couple of really cool choreographed moves in there. And she used to be a ballet dancer also. So we kind of threw in some ballet stuff and it just really flowed nicely. And getting to see the video of that one, you know, was really cool, but it, it fit like it fit. It literally fit the music well. And we made sure that there were some turns and places where it would say, I hold you, or I want to hold you, you know, that there was a move where the husband was holding the wife, you know, and some kind of a move like that to, even though I know the audience isn't listening for that word, if they go back and look at the video, they would see it and be like, oh, that's really cool. They actually did this move when they said, I'm going to hold you, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do think a lot of my love for music and stuff does, you know, my ear for music and everything plays a part of it too. I'm not just teaching moves to a beat, mm-hmm. but teaching it more to the tempo, the feel of the song, the mood of the song and the words. Right. Mm-hmm. And drawing on your show choir experience, in addition to your ballroom experience, I would imagine allows you to <clears throat> approach a song in a really kind of open-minded, like blank slate sort mm-hmm. of way, as opposed to what I think of as more kind of like paint by numbers where like, okay, I have these moves that I can do and I have to, somehow you know put them in order to this song yeah whereas because you've done so much more like creative work Mm -hmm. um in your experience like you can just take that song and yeah maybe sprinkle in some classic moves but you're not stuck with them yeah yeah how do you i know sometimes uh couples come in who have worked at your chain studios you know your franchises Mm -hmm. that are like in every major metropolitan city and um they're usually more, you know, con- constrained to a syllabus or something yeah. like that. What do you hear from the clients that, that come from there? I, a lot of times it's the, I would say two or three things I hear the most is they don't feel like they're getting to dance together a whole lot, um, which is very common for studios to do. I disagree with it unless you're going into competition. Because if you're a couple and you want to learn how to dance together, if you're learning how to dance with a professional, then once you get with back with your partner, it's going to be like, oh, well, you're not doing it like that teacher did it, or you're not doing it like that teacher did it. Because the professionals are going to know how to lead and follow. Um, and I think when it comes to dancing, like doing a wedding dance, you don't need to know how to dance with me. I'm not dancing at your wedding. <laughs> Unless you want me to, (laughs) and you take me to Greece and want me to dance in your wedding, then I'll do it, you know? But, um, I think that's the one thing I hear. The other thing I hear is price, you know, it's, um, it is not a a cheap hobby. It's not cheap, you know, as a professional, it's not cheap as a student. It's something you do because you love it. And just like any kind of sport or activity, you know, you spend a lot of money, to learn how to do that sport and get good at it so you can go and compete or be in the Olympics or something, you know, um, like triathlons and stuff, you know, those bikes aren't, you know, cheap. It's something you spend money on because you're like, I, I want to move all the way to the top. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to push myself and, 
and, you know, do this for myself. Um, but when, again, when you're learning for a wedding, you're not there to learn all the way through a dance syllabus, you know, to be a competitive student. You just want some steps. You want to know how to follow and lead. You want to know how do we get on the floor? How do we get off the floor? How do we start a dance? If I don't know music, how do I know when I take my first step? How, how do I know how to turn? How does my wife know when I'm turning her? Or, you know, the woman, how do I know which direction to go? So they want to come in, they want to learn something, and they want a very specific guided amount of time. In X amount of lessons, you're going to have this. So what we're going to do is these few lessons here, we're going to start on some basics, and we're going to do this and this and this and kind of work through the song until we get to the end. In, in, the, in ballroom studios, that's not quite how it's done. So I think it, it ends up, because they have set strict rules they have to follow, according to their syllabus, it doesn't leave a whole lot of room for flexibility with choreography or choreography can be an extra expense on top of what you're paying for, for lessons. But you, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of people walk out achieving what they were wanting at the end of those lessons because it's more ballroom and structured than it is really listening to your song and trying to create something specifically for you as a couple, how you look, how you want your wedding to be, who's gotten a feel for your venue, the vibe, how many guests are coming. Is it a fancy dinner or are we doing brunch? You know, all that stuff has to come into play when you when you go to choreograph something for somebody because it's not the same dance isn't going to look great on every single couple. Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just the other... The other one that I hear a lot, too, is just um, getting to hear their song or privacy of lessons. A lot of people who come in, you know, uh, never dancing before and dance is not something that they do. Uh, they're not going to want to be on the floor with five other people, two of which are competitive, you know, waltzing in circles around you. You know, it in a way, it can almost be intimidating. And I felt that a lot when I worked in the studio when you have a brand new person or couple and you try to take them out on the floor and then you've got the competitive gold student who's been dancing for like you know 20 years and you know you're trying to learn baby steps essentially in the middle of the floor and this person's just whirling all around you and you're like oh wow we'll never be able to do that you know mm -hmm. so it kind of gives you that feeling of even though you know that person took a long time to work on that you kind of don't want that pressure because you don't you always feel when you start something new that people who have been doing it for a long time are judging in a way, even if they aren't. So I think having options of where, you know, rent a studio space out, it's private. Um, I think that helps a lot because they can joke, they can laugh, they can make mistakes. Nobody cares. They know I don't care. We all laugh about it together. Um, and... Or I go to their home so they can kind of learn in their house, which I tell them is a great way to do it. If you can just kick a coffee table off to the side, you're going to practice at home anyway. Why not know how to dance in your space? Like already have it set up, know where you need to face and what direction um, to start the dance, you know, kind of mimicking how you would face at your venue. Um, I've taught out in the driveway. I've taught out on the street in front of their house. Um... We've gone around a cul-de-sac before. 
the neighbors loved it. <laughs> they would all come outside and watch the dance lessons because they thought it was so cool. Um, and, and people enjoy it because they feel like, okay, I got to be comfortable. I didn't have to dress up. I didn't have to go buy ballroom shoes. I could be at my house, have a glass of wine, you know, learn how to dance and feel really confident. And I think that's part of the success of it is that you're, you don't have that outside pressure of like, I'm at a ballroom studio. I need to look and act and feel a certain way. You can kind of just whatever, you know, wear PJs, you know, it doesn't matter. So, um, those are kind of the three things that I hear between, you know, people who have gone to the, you know, mainstream ballroom type studios versus when they come to us and get kind of that real personal, you know, feel where I'm, I want to know about the wedding. I might forget the wedding date, but because <laughs> short term memory loss or, you know, maybe at the time I have too many couples and everybody's getting married within the same two week period of time, but know the venue, know the look, the feel, right. see a picture of their wedding dress, get personal and involved in a way where it's not just like, oh, you're getting married. Oh, you have this song. Okay, cool. It's this. And then just show them what I showed the couple before them and the couple before them. I try not to rinse or repeat. You know, I might take moves from dances if people say, oh, I really like that move in that video. But I'm not going to recreate that whole dance because I want everything to be personal to that couple because I also don't know who knows who. <laughs> And so I would not want to be the teacher that has shown the same dance to five right. different couples in Houston. And what if they're all best friends and now they're each dancing the same dance at their weddings, you know? Right. So, you know, I've had situations where people have been referred to me. So I want to make sure that whatever dance they saw, they might have some of the same steps, but maybe not the same turns or the same way. Mm -hmm. Um so that way it everything's different because everybody is different and needs something tailor made to them like a like a suit fitted for them made for them for their style their look and their wants and their desires yeah. for a dance do you just play the same their song over and over again i do the whole time yeah. the whole time cuz that's really important mm -hmm. you really have to get comfortable and that's their homework you know go home and listen to the song until you hate it <laughs> <laughs> because then then the more you hear it even driving right. uh the more you walk it through in your head the more you actually go and practice the better mm -hmm. you know you get with it so um that's what I kind of tell them whereas I I know that at studios that's not that's not a thing you know if you have other people dancing in a room you have to share the music you've got one sound system so you have to share music and it can get a little frustrating when you're trying to learn, you know, some kind of a, you know, choreographed dance and you've got this huge point in the song that you need to hear so you know that's when the lift happens. But you're trying to dance that to an Argentine tango in the background, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's a little difficult to be like, okay, now just pretend it's your song, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. But then you're hearing, you know, Frank Sinatra and you're like, that's not my song. This is difficult you know you right. you have to learn and, and especially for people who don't have musicality they don't hear rhythm they have to kind of teach that to themselves and so I've I've given them counts to their song like count to eight before you start your first you know step 
Well, you need to be able to listen to the song and hear that and go, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, there it is. That's where I step. But if I'm playing other music, just to be like, who are you? Could dance to those too, you know? Then, mm-hmm. then they they're not going to hear that, you know, in their own song. It's going to be a struggle then. Right. Yeah. I think it's so important, especially, well, for both. But for the lead, you got to kind of know what you're going to do before you do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the song and you're looking for a cue, but you actually don't really know where it is, you know, maybe it's a lyric or the start of a chorus or when the beat drops out, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's like if you don't know that song, I mean, you're just lost. Yeah. And for the girl, I think it comes down to like styling, you know, that poise. Like, just really feeling connected to the music so that, yeah, like, she's a vessel for it, you know, and it's flowing through her, and she can kind of float on that song, and um, they both need to know it. I think I see that being especially challenging when one of them picks it out, but the other one doesn't really know it yet, you know, and it's like, you've got to learn this song, like, this is, you know, this is your song now, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, love it hate it get to know it (laughs) you know but you know I've never found anybody ever ultimately says they're sick of it they think they're gonna be you know when they start they're like oh we're gonna get so sick of this song and it's like you know what you're not like I mean spoiler alert you're gonna grow to appreciate it deeper than you ever imagined you're gonna listen to it a hundred times and you're Mm -hmm. not I mean no one's ever been like okay just we'll do it again but don't play this song they're always like you know can you put the song on Yep, absolutely. You know, yeah, they they want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you handle challenging a couple? I mean, you're talking about very little dance experience here and a big dream for a mm-hmm. big, big, big day. Mm-hmm. So, how do you coach them through? You know, we want a challenge, maybe not too much, or how do you, yeah, how do you kind of smooth that and push them without, you know, them giving up. I I think it's all about encouragement and, Uh you know, even if they, even if they're, you know, trying a lift or a dip, the first three times, you know, I've had people try a, you know, either a very deep dip or something a little more challenging in terms of a lift and it's like, it's kind of there, but not really. And they're like, oh, we can't do this. This isn't going to work. No, no, no. It's going to work. You know, try this, try this, change this hand. I just keep telling them that. I'm showing you how to do it. You got to go home and practice it. It's not going to just happen overnight. Like tomorrow you're going to wake up and be like, oh, look at me. I can dip now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of one of those things that you got to really take home and, and keep practicing it and find your niche as a couple. So I may show you a handhold that doesn't work for you. And then when you go home, you know, in the comfort of your home and I'm not there telling you what to do, playing around with it, I've had people come back and say, oh, we switched this handhold, we did it like this, and now it works. So I think it's encouraging and then kind of letting them kind of feel like they also have a part to play in their dance too, that they don't have to stick to a specific hold and having options to kind of choose from to take home and practice and find which one works for them versus what worked for somebody else. Because, like I said, not everybody is the same. So, um, now I'm never going to just be like, oh, you know, just here's what it's supposed to look like. Go home and try to figure out how to do this, you know, without Uh them trying it in front of me. So, I can be there to help spot or, you know, be able to say, no, no, we're not doing that one anymore. (laughs) That's terrifying. Please don't try that again. (laughs) But it's, 
I think in, anybody can do lifts and, and dips and things that you, you wouldn't think you could do. Um, they're not as hard as people think. A lot of it is momentum more so. Momentum and holding like holding your core and stuff than it is doing something real, you know, extreme with your body. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are those out there, but for, you know, something simple or something just eye-catching, you know, everybody refers to dirty dancing. Well, I don't want to jump off the stage into his arms in front (laughs) of all my guests. And it's like, okay, that's extreme. We're not doing, you know, we're not doing that. We're not doing, I'll joke with them and say, okay, so now you're going to jump into his arms and he's going to catch you with one hand and spin you around like a pizza. And the girls are always, no, he's not. (laughs) And it's, no, 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 just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're going to do this and he's going to have both hands. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we can do that. So, you know, you kind of make it sound like one thing and then, right. no, we're not doing one hand holds, right. you know, no, just kidding. He's going to have both hands. Okay. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. we can do that. Mm-hmm. Keep it within range. Yeah. yeah. So how do you collaborate with your couples? Like when they have ideas? I, on every single lesson, um, if we're, or the lessons where we're learning something new, we might have some lessons where we're just reviewing or smoothing out but on lessons when we're learning something new I always tell them um try it if you don't like it let me know uh and we can change it you don't you're not stuck to just doing it this way or I I show them options like here's here's two different ways we can do this we can do it slower like this or we can go faster and it'll look like this which way do you like better um Sometimes if the music changes and maybe it it gets real fast and kind of fun or whatever, I'll actually send them home and let them just kind of like, hey, here's a great place to freestyle and do some real funny, you know, stuff right there. And I had a couple come back and they had created this whole, um, he was going to do the fishing pole. Yeah. Across the room and Uh reel her in. And then they had this whole like sprinkler section that they did in their dance and it was a it was a cute fun dance, so it fit the music. But I kind of was like, instead of me choreographing something there, why don't y'all just kind of throw together something silly, funny, goofy that you enjoy doing that highlights that about you? And so, you know, people kind of enjoy that that they don't feel like I'm not coming in as a Russian dictator. You know, mm-hmm. you will dance this this way because this is my dance. You know, like <laughs> I let them kind of have a lot of say so because again, I'm not the one performing it. And if I'm showing them something and they feel like this is too choreographed or this is too goofy, my friends are going to be like, why are they doing that? Uh-huh. And if they care about that, I don't want them to go out there and have that looming over their head the whole wedding. Like, oh, and then we got to dance that dance and there's that part and she made us dance it and I hate it, you know, because that's going to show. Right. And if they get to have a little bit of that freedom and leeway to be able to express to me. I, I don't like that part or I'm going to change it or can we do this instead or hey we practice this and we actually like this move can we do this instead or they'll maybe research a video on YouTube hey we we were doing some homework research and we found this move can can you show us how to do that so we can put that in the dance we'd really like to do that you know and of, oh of course sure and I think they really like feeling like that they had say so in an aspect of control in their dancing as opposed to me, you know, 
this is how it is and you will dance this this way and no questions or <laughs> options and you know straight back and you know all that stuff so I think they feel like a little more like you know relaxed yeah yeah I would love to teach watch you teach with that Russian accent that would be <laughs> such a treat <laughs> Okay, well, let's kind of explore the darker side of things. So with the harder to teach clients or maybe like what do you see as kind of the the big obstacles that your clients have to overcome? The okay. One, I've learned my lesson in at talking about the dress at the get-go. Dress and floor space. Um, a couple of times I had gotten lax on not, you know, just kind of like, oh, when are y'all getting married? Okay, that's cool. Sounds fun. You know, you're going to be in, you know, Bali or wherever, you know. Oh, what a fun place to get married. And I didn't ask about the floor space. I didn't ask about the the temperatures, the inside or outside. How's the dress going to be? Are you changing? Are you wearing the wedding dress? Is it going to be bustled? And I started teaching, showing moves and spins to come to find out that the dress was completely fitted all the way down to the ankles. Mm. Well, if your ankles can only go, if your feet can only Mm -hmm. step apart this far, all the turns I showed, we had to change. Yeah. You know, into the lesson. So that's something that I have to kind of talk about because... You know, I've had people who decided they didn't want to bustle their dress. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the husband can't know what the dress looks like. And I have a horrible poker face. So, you know, the girl would come up to me and go, go, oh, I'm not getting the dress bustled. This is what it looks like. And it had, you know, like a five-foot train, ten-foot, you know, just huge type thing. And it's like, okay, maybe not ten feet because that would be excessive and you couldn't do anything. Yeah. But, you know, to think that I have all these moves where she is maybe being thrown out to the side or rolled out or something. And I'm like, <laughs> the husband's always looking at me like, is that good or bad? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck her face. I can do yeah. this. So, <laughs> I have to ask about the dress. Um, and that can be a little difficult to deal with. But, I mean, eight, 95% of the time, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I just make sure that I really cover that. The other one is the floor space. And I've done, uh, it was early, early on in my teaching. Um, I think I had like several people that day. And so it was like one of those where I just, my brain wasn't on point. I didn't ask. We had gotten in a few lessons in. I was showing them waltz. We go around the floor. Come to find out their floor space was like 10 by 10. Mm. So not a ballroom. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a whole ballroom. They had just a few little squares yeah. on a floor. That was it. It was enough for them to do their dance and then it was getting pulled up. But I don't know what kind of dance that would be. Like what did, right. did 10 by 10. So we had to change the entire dance and we're already halfway into it, you know? So it was one of those where it was like, I got to make sure I ask that question before I start letting my creativity go because I can't. If I don't ask, it's not their fault for not telling me, you know, because they're just kind of like, okay, maybe she just kind of knows how we are supposed to make this huge dance fit in this little space. But those are some of the things that end up kind of happening that, you know, if if they're not done right, can turn things south, you know, very quickly. So 
I have to kind of go over those. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you live and learn and you've (laughs) learned. So that's good. Um, Let's see. How do you handle that connection when it's not working right? Like if the, um, you know, the lead just doesn't lead or the follow wants to lead, you know, how do you iron that out? Because I see, I see a lot of um, difficulty with that, you know, for couples who just haven't danced together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it feels like marriage counseling. <laughs> yeah. What it, what it kind of is, is, um, you know, there's always a, he, he's not this and she's not this and I can't feel this. And you know, well, she's trying to back lead me and I don't want to dance with her because she's not letting me work on my part. And, Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So I kind of have to go in there and um, just really, I try to, you know, break people apart when it gets to that point, you know. Um, That's one of the places that ballroom, working for the ballroom studio helped because you work with a lot of clients that are couples and you do pull them apart. And one of the things that we do is when you start to hear the, oh, well, you're not doing it, you know, the back and forth, that's when you're like, all right, and we're going to start practicing this on our own. So, you know, you take the other person across the room and kind of work with them and show them how to do it better, put them back together and see if the facial expressions are changing and if the bickering is slowing down and if it doesn't, again, kind of separate them again, work on it and bring it back together. So now I don't have a, a partner with me when I'm doing the wedding, you know, dance instruction or choreography, but I will kind of have them separate and say, Hey, okay. You know, let's say the guy's name is Bob, Bob, I'm going to go over your footwork with you. So then I'm just, you know, side by side with him, you know, here's how your foot goes. You want it to go straight. Now really make sure you have your arms like this and rolled back. If your arm starts to fall, you're going to, she's not going to feel you and kind of go over all that. And I just, I kind of make it a joke too about like, Hey, if you want to have control of your woman during that three minutes of dancing, <laughs> this is your control center over here. Right. And then of course the guys are like, well, yeah, I want to control her, you know, for as long as I can. <laughs> so if it's three minutes I got, I'm down for that. And, uh, so they get real excited about that part. And so then I start, then I kind of break the girl away and show her different ways to position her body. So that way he can connect with her better. And then just, kind of keep asking both of them because I don't want one person to feel like I'm picking on them more than the other. Right. You never want to do that. Like tell the guy, okay, do this, fix this, fix this, fix this. Because then all they hear is I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. You know, I don't want to do it anymore because I feel like they're always, so you kind of have to go back and forth. Okay. Hey Bob, fix this. Okay. Hey Julie, fix this. Okay, Bob, now work on this. Now Julie, lean back a little bit more and you'll feel him better. So kind of balancing it out. Um, and when they, when you start, you know, to see a slight improvement, a lot of, uh, verbal encouragement, you know, like, Oh, that was it. That was it right there. I saw it. I saw it. Now just stay like that. Keep going. You know, they kind of will stop and be like, okay, so we did it. So we don't have to do it anymore. And it's like, no, 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 keep going. Just let the song play out and keep going. Um, And then I'll be like, okay, now, now that you kind of feel that when you go home, that's what you want to feel. And then 
letting them know not to keep practicing if it kind of slips or falls so you don't create a bad habit mm-hmm. and you know what it's supposed to feel like now and it like it connected you know in your head so when you go home to practice keep that in mind Mm-hmm. And so if it starts to kind of like his arm falls and you kind of slump, then then just stop. Take like a little break and then go back to it. Yeah. So you don't like, oh, we got to dance for 15 minutes to practice, you know. And then you've created this habit of dancing slumped over mm-hmm. or whatever. So it sounds like you're really validating both of them. I mean, they both have mm-hmm. something to work on. They're learning. Yeah. So clearly it's, you know, a growing experience. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to be there to cheer them through the kind of confusing part where it's like, why is this not working? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to also play kind of like the devil's advocate in this situation where like, I'll try dancing with you the follow and I'll try to lead you and I'll feel you're not leading back at all. You know, you're not connecting at all. You're like, it's not happening. And so I'll, I'll just switch the arms and I'll be like, okay, you lead me step forward. You know, and I'll pretend, I'll do what she was doing, Mm -hmm. where she starts going forwards, but she has no connection on me, you know, and she's like, she starts hesitating. I'm like, so why why don't you just walk forwards? And it's like, well, I'm going to run into you. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let me snuggle in here. You know, and once she tries to lead me, she's like, okay. And then same with the guy. I'll try to lead him like, you know, like on his waist. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, you can lead somebody on your waist, but... Nothing like that shoulder blade, you know, that really connects to the whole skeletal Mm -hmm. structure, the spine, the hips, the the legs, you know? And so I'll do it to the guy and I'll be like, okay, so feel this. Okay, now I'm going to grab his shoulder. Now feel this. And he's like, oh, okay. You know? I mean, yeah, I feel like that's a way to to just kind of roll reversal for them, you know, for a second. Because with their experience level, they're not going to be able to do that with each other. We're like... Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, you know, Sally, why don't you try to lead Bob? Well, that doesn't make any sense. She doesn't know how to lead either. Mm-hmm. You know, but I feel like I can kind of get in there and let them feel why it's not happening. Um, I have fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do, yeah. I think there's something about this connection that's been developed for centuries, you know, between men and women um, in a very organic way mm-hmm. that um, has to be, you know, transferred physically like yeah a secret handshake like this is what it feels like right not just what it looks like right so moving on um how have so i'm assuming you've been doing some virtual teaching without that physical connection how have you been handling the pandemic we are we're in like month seven of covid19 <laughs> so how's it how's it going <laughs> i it i mean it's not it is not as busy with the, the foot traffic as it was, um, but I've been able to work a lot with people who had, you know, lessons prior. They started to get comfortable and wanted to come back and finish them out. It, but in terms of even just the people that have come in or the people I'm, you know, continuing to work with, I'm doing a lot of at-home lessons, and that's been, um, I think, a lot of a lot of fun to do. Um, a lot of people who maybe used to be at the studio and then I switched them to at home and they felt like it was a super fun, like date night, you know, like, Oh, we have our dance teacher coming over to the house tonight. You know, it just sounds very like 
elegant and personal like ooh, you have a private dance teacher that comes to your house you know oh yeah and then they just you know get to hang out in their own space with their dogs and you know make it a party for themselves type thing like a you know we just finished dinner and then I come over so we kind of been working it like that and I think it's worked out very nicely and for people that you know kind of are interested in you know getting started with lessons that's kind of what I tell them is here's what's been really successful I haven't done as much virtual. Okay. I think I only did one mm-hmm. uh, that was virtual. And, and it's tricky for partner dancing. You right. know, I think for something that's maybe a little more like hip hop or something where you can do it on your own. You don't need somebody to hold you or guide you through it. I mean, you can go through ballroom steps or, you know, salsa steps by yourself. But if you're spinning, it feels different spinning by yourself than if you have a partner that's turning you. Um, so I think like hip hop or, you know, if you're doing Bollywood dancing and stuff where you can, you know, learn it all by yourself, that works. I think partner dancing, it, we made it happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> they learned the steps, but it was really difficult because you can't reach through the camera and like you see it and you're like, move the hand up, no further up, no further down, no more to the side, to the other side, no, your other left, sorry, not that left, go the other way. You know, it was like a lot of trying to give direction and then I'm trying to like flip myself around and be like, okay, it's through a video, so we're flipped, you know, so okay, now I gotta flip myself, okay, so that's what's going on. And, you know, it it definitely is, made me have to go back in my my mind and remember all of my steps and how to describe what to do as opposed to where when I'm in person, I could just walk up to somebody and just take the hand and be like, here, here. (laughs) And then they're like, Oh, okay. But through a video, you're like, no, no, there, up, higher, over, left, down. No, no, Mm -hmm. turn 45 degrees, not 80, 45, smaller degree, you know, and having to walk them through, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it was like, okay, this this is a little challenging. Like, this is really making me have to, you know, sit and think and learning how to do Zoom and all that stuff. It was like, I'm not technologically, you know, savvy. And I'm over here just trying to, like, how do you even find Zoom? Is it on Google? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how does the camera work? What do I do? Can y'all see me? You know, like, right. so it, it was... It was something to learn from. I mm-hmm. I like kind of doing like a little instruction video thing because that way you don't have to worry about explaining partner dancing. But the partner dancing was that was that was a whole different world for me. But I'm happy that people got comfortable enough to at least be like, I trust that my house is clean or their house is clean enough that you know having three people in a room and I always try to maintain space with them. You know just knowing that they have weddings coming up, so they're not going to want me, like, in their face, you know, type thing. So it was, seeing how that worked and played out, I, I enjoyed that, and they enjoyed that. So that was very successful, getting just to the three of us in a in a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. I can imagine part of the reason there weren't, uh, there wasn't a big uptick in virtual lessons is also that the events were not happening either. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, I mean, it makes sense to do a virtual cooking class because you're at home with yeah. nothing but groceries, you know, yeah. but I think, um, as things progress and, you know, weddings are getting 
booked and, Mm -hmm. you know, people are having smaller gatherings and just starting to make those plans for the upcoming um, seasons, I could still see um, people wanting to do the virtual lessons because now everybody is comfortable, you know, just with the virtual platform. So they might have been doing those cooking classes or, you know, whatever, and then they're getting ready for their wedding and maybe they're not in a major city or they don't want to go to that studio with all those people, you know, and so that they can still try out this virtual mm-hmm. thing. Um, and that I could still see that, you know, on our horizon. I think it's great for kind of introduction, like how to kind of move mm-hmm. together, like just, just kind of see how it, how it feels just to kind of move together and try this simple step and try this. But if you're looking at progressing in sessions, you know, and, and learning more than just a few basics, then I would do in person at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But for just basics, or I even have people that will want to, you know, use the aspect of the video to like, if they go to their venue and it's somewhere where I can't travel to, they can video me while they're at the venue practicing too. And I have people that will use that feature now to, you know, do a run through at their venue where I can kind of sit there on video and watch them. And if there's anything that needs to be altered or changed, you know, then, then I'm kind of there, you know, to see it without having to like fly there too. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting with the new (laughs) fangled times. (laughs) And I can't unjam a printer. So, yeah, I'm trying to get with it in some <laughs> aspects and others. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, do you have any, um, what would be like your hopes for, you know, the upcoming season? What do you, um, what are you looking for, you know, in a client? Like, what would be just kind of the next step for you? Someone to get married in Italy and need their instructor to travel with them. <laughs> Great. <laughs> One of the other countries I would like to go see, please go get married there and, and I can come with you and I'll even pay for my own ticket just to go. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, really at this point, I mean, even the people that I've had this year, like I've, I've really enjoyed them. Like this year's been really, really good. You know, everybody's been really positive and really um, fun and enjoyable to work with. And um, so I kind of, you know, just just that, just people who are who can laugh and have fun with the dance and not take it so seriously if they're not getting it right. And you know, just enjoy it with something that they can do with their partner that gives them something to do in the evenings together other than just watching TV or going out for dinner or ordering in food or whatever. It gives them like, okay, now we have these like five or 10 minutes, you know, three days a week to do a little, you know, practice our dance together and laugh and have fun and, and grow closer. Um, so, I mean, really, I just, I would just love to have more people coming in. I mean, It's, um, you know, as I, as I go through school, as I do other stuff in my life, you know, like I said at the beginning, waiting tables is not my forte and anybody that's worked with me at restaurants knows that. Um, and even though it is a people type business, the dancing is, is different, you know, because 
people don't come to a restaurant specifically because of a server. You know, they come there for the food. But people come to get dance lessons because of that instructor, you know. So it kind of, it makes me feel wanted. It makes me feel needed, you know, um, getting the awards that we get and stuff, you know, for, you know, Dance Studio of the Year and stuff like that. It makes me feel good that all all my years of, you know, maybe not being number one in a studio but learning have made it to where now I get to kind of be number one, you know, and that I'm somebody that, you know, oh, oh, she's with Wedding Dance Houston. Oh, they're really good. They've been around for a long time. You know, that's, that's super fun to do. So. And you won the Hall of Fame from The Knot last year. Congratulations. Yes. That was really fun. I think I have the award over there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> where I can see it all the time. Yeah. It's like my Emmy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and so I think, you know, really just having more people come in and, and doing kind of what I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. you know, and then something I've always told myself, no matter what other kind of career field, because what I'm going into has absolutely nothing to do with dance, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop, you know, teaching because it's so flexible, you know, it, I, I work for myself basically. Mm-hmm. It's not... I have to be at a dance studio from, you know, eight to midnight, you know, four days a week. I'm only there for that lesson or they're coming over or I'm going to them. And so I'm, you know, it's something that I want to stay with regardless of what else I do. Um, Because that's still something that's a part of me, you know, and I'm not going to just, you know, okay, well, dance was for this season of my life. Now I'm going to go do this because why can't you do this and dance at the same time? Right. So it's it's a real flexible option for me with something that's really fun. And the people that I've met are just, you know, so many. But, you know, it's I, I love keeping in touch with them and seeing them after, you know, they're married and having kids and moving and, you know, all of that. It's it's really fun to see that. And they'll still talk on Facebook, you know, on their anniversaries and be like, share their wedding video Cause they have a sense of pride and it's kind of fun to know that I was a part of that. Right. Right. Yeah. Gosh, just heard back from one of my first clients whose child was doing a, getting ready for a sweet 16, you know? And it was like, you remember me? I remember you guys. I remember their names, their song, their dance, you mm-hmm. know, and they remembered it too. And then now they're wanting to, you know, to prepare for the next generation Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just it's awesome and I think you've really hit the nail on the head about you know being in this field it's like just it's our dream come true too you know Mm -hmm. we want to do this and your goal for the upcoming year just being to get to do it again is yeah you know it sounds like like I was kind of expecting you to, you know, want to dance on the moon or something, but no, I mean, we really just want to do what we, (laughs) is that an option? Are we going to open that up next? (laughs) You know, we just want to do it. Moon wedding dance. (laughs) One day, one day that'll actually be a thing. Well, you know, it'll take like what a week or two to get there, but you know, somebody got married in space. Oh, I'm sure. It happened. It happened like a decade ago. Anti-gravity dancing. (laughs) 
That'd be so much fun. Learn how to dance as you're just kind of rotating. Well, no, that would mean I would have to go do the anti-gravity training over at NASA. And yeah, or we could do... Um, it would make emotions. Try to do one at iFly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, I mean... As long as it's not actually skydiving, I'll be uh-huh. a part of that. Other than that, you might want to go recruit some other people to do either. skydiving dancing. No, I, um, like, I like my feet just how they are. Aerial dancing. Yeah, I would do that as long as there's like a string holding me or something. Or can you be more than a string? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's close with you giving us some words of wisdom from your experience. Like if we were a couple of yours, you know, and it was time for the big day. Uh-huh. What would be your parting wishes? It's all about you. You're not there to impress everybody else. You're there to just show them something that you have worked hard on together as a couple. Here's what we learned together. We didn't know this before, and we're really proud of ourselves for what we did, you know, whether it was one or two lessons or 20, you know. Uh, They want to not they, but you as a couple want to show off your hard work and your dedication in something, you know, here, here's us as a couple. We, you know, did something really fun because this is our relationship. We want to express to y'all our relationship and what we can do together as a couple. And, you know, I tell people, bottom line, you're, you're not competing. Nobody there is holding up a sign, nine, eight, Five. So nobody cares what your feet look like at the end of the day. Nobody cares if you missed a turn. Just don't make an expression. Don't get angry with each other on the dance floor because then that's what people see and they're like, oh, what happened? But if you're laughing and you laugh through it and giggle and just get back on, you know, what you were doing, nobody's going to know the difference. Even if you just made up that move on the in the wedding dance and that was not anything I put in there, nobody else is going to know. They're going to be like, oh, that's cool. So just play it off and have fun with it. But like I, like I said, the most important thing is you're there to show them what you can do as a couple. And that's what you have to remember. It's your day. They're just there to be a part of it. It's not their day. So they don't get a say-so in how the dance looks or how long it is or how short it is. It's what y'all want, and they're just there to be a part of it. Yeah, so that's kind of my parting words. Show off what you can do, either solo or as a couple, (laughs) and don't care what anybody else says. My guest today is Catherine Edwards. Catherine, thank you for being a part of Dance Talks. Thank you. That was fun. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share our podcast, and reach out to us on social media if you'd like to talk. To support Dance Talks, donate to Dance Houston. Talk to you on Monday.